Okay, so we're going to look at a lady of faith here this morning, and um, actually, it may not hit exactly the way you think it's going to hit, but we're going to uh, get into this. Let me just read this first uh, few verses here in John uh, chapter 14, uh, and, and verses um, 3 through 11. And um, one of the great things I think would really be great if I would get to John chapter 14 and verses 3 through 11 here on my Bible. Um, okay, here we are. But he says, um, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at meat. And there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray as we look into your message this morning. Uh, Lord, you, you're going to show us something about faith here, Lord. And, and I pray that uh, you would just really drive that home to each heart. Lord, I pray that you'd help the personal relationship that each of us have through this with you. Lord, if there's one in our midst that does not know that if they died today, that heaven's their home, I pray that today would be the very day they come to Christ as Savior in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, and that's not in this passage. He, he's not on the cross yet. You've got to get to John 18 before you see him on the cross. But when he is on the cross, we see many among the people of God are ladies. Now, in that group, uh, what about men? Were there a lot of men? I don't know. Uh, Jesus healed people, raised people from the dead, uh, healed lepers, healed the blind. You would think a large group of those people would be there. Of course, that did help happen in the Galilee section, and so a lot of them may not have been in Jerusalem at the time. Usually that was a big day that everybody would try to go to Jerusalem because it was the time of Passover. But at this time, uh, most of the men out there are those Pharisees, and it's the, some of the Roman soldiers and the others that are there uh, watching this. But yet, among the people of God, there are some ladies that are standing there near him. We don't see the men standing near them except one. His mother, Mary, is standing there. Now, you think about this. His son, has, her son, has been beaten with the Roman cat of nine tails. He is just, from head to toe, sliced, bleeding, everything. There's a crown of thorns on his head. The hair's been yanked on his face. He is nailed to a cross. He is there with the indignity of nakedness. I know artists 
paint a loincloth on him, but that wasn't usually the way it was in that day. They parted his garments in that day. But I'm saying all of that, here's his mother. Seeing it all. She's there for her son. Beside her is her sister. And beside her sister is another one named Mary Magdalene, whom the Bible says had seven devils that Jesus cast out of her, who would be the first one at the tomb the next morning. But she had seven devils. What we would uh, refer to, I think the Bible would look at her as a witch. But she got saved. Look, the Lord can take the guttermost and save them to the uttermost. And she is a great picture of what God can do. But they are there. The only man there that close to the cross. Now there may be out there in the crowd, but they're not anywhere where they can be seen by the Roman soldiers or by the Pharisees that are standing there mocking Jesus. The only man that is there of that group is the beloved Apostle John. He's the only man. Uh, where was Peter? Hey, though all forsake thee, I'll never forsake thee. He just said that in John chapter 13. And the Lord let him know, well, you're going to not only forsake me, you're going to deny me three times. And he did. And so he said, though all forsake thee, I won't. So where's Peter? at this time? Where's the others at this time? And God sees His only begotten Son on the cross that He will be pouring out His wrath. His Father will be pouring out His wrath. The Almighty will be pouring out Almighty wrath on His Son who has our sin, my sin, your sin, all sin for all time, placed on Him. And the Father's attitude about sin doesn't change, even though His Son did not sin anything at all. It is still our sin that He sees, and He pours out His wrath on Him. So it's these ladies that are there. And guess what? The next morning, Who's the first at the grave? The ladies. The ladies are there. Mary Magdalene is there. What about those men? Oh, those brave men. They're locked up in an upper room. They got all the doors shut. They got the windows shut. They got everything locked up and they're hiding. Man, the crucifixion's over. Jesus is buried. And they're up there hiding. However, in time, most of these men, and they are believers. Believers do fail at critical times. These men failed at a critical time. Yet most all of those men will become martyrs for the faith of Christ. Isn't it interesting? Of the twelve, of course, Judas kills himself. But of the other eleven... It seems they all died a martyr's death with the exception of John. They tried to kill him, 
They boiled him in oil, but he survived. He just died of old age, and he wasn't martyred. I think God honored that he was there at the foot of the cross, and Jesus would say, Behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. And he would take her to his home from that point forward. That was the faith. He was there in the very hour. But those others, they're not there. They're nowhere around. These ladies come up, but not those men. As the men find out the grave is empty, then they go over there. Then they run to see it. But not till then. And so, these men who would become martyrs, at least, got some things right. And that teaches us something. Something of faith. Faith is acting on the promises of God. Faith is not saying, oh, I just believe it so hard, I just trust it so hard, things change. No. You act on God's Word regardless. That's faith. God's Word said it, do it. But it also tells us something. As a Christian, no defeat needs to be fatal nor final. If you're still breathing, God's given you a chance. Get up. You may not be doing the same thing that you were originally called to do, but you can be used of God. This lady who comes in there, Mary, is used of God to shame them and to bring them to where they ought to be as men. You see, men have this thing, they go around, a real man. <laughs> I, I actually saw this in a, in a mall one day, as I think it was up in Panama City, but wherever it was. I saw somebody with a T-shirt on. You know how they put those things on the T-shirt? It said, real men wear dresses. And I wanted to walk up to him and say, I'm going to hit you with my purse. But uh, I didn't. But um, real men wear dresses? But that's the, that's the world today. That's the world today. That was several years ago, by the way. It wasn't just recently. But you see, these people did not stand, but when they were fallen, they got up again. A righteous man falling seven times gets up again, we're told, in the book of Proverbs. They thought... They were real men in how they stood. But the world doesn't tell us what a real man is. God does. When you're thinking of that responsibility, real men is not talking about their muscles, not talking even about their gender as much as it's talking about their character. Say you believe in God, show it. Show it. Prove it, that you believe in God. Now, looking again here at our text, he says in verse 3, And being in Bethany, the house of Simon the leper. 
Now understand, he, Simon's been healed. All those people wouldn't be in that house if he was not healed. Simon's been healed, but he's still called the leper. Now sometimes things of the past stick with you. For example, in the line of Christ is Rahab, who's referred to as Rahab the harlot, even in the genealogy in Matthew, she's referred to as Rahab the harlot. But she stopped being a harlot a long time after that. I mean, she stopped. And the line of Christ, through a man of Judah that she had married, the line of Christ and Christ would be born from that line. But she had that name. Now, don't quit serving the Lord because people remember your past. To me, that is an example of what God can do for a man or for a woman. Rejoice. That's a testimony to them. A Christian who's going to look at somebody's past, find something, and go around and murmur about it is the same person that needs to get right with God because they're not right with God. They ought to be rejoicing that somebody had that in their past and they've gotten right with God and praise the Lord for it. Because the Lord can do the same thing for them because not one of us in this auditorium has had a perfect past. And aren't you glad that in this life the thoughts and the intents of the heart are not revealed? Just think of that. And so, they're in the house of Bethany. Simon lepers, they sat at meat. In other words, they're having a meal. And there comes a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard. Very precious. And very precious has the idea of very, very expensive. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. Now, I actually believe because Bethany is also where Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, lived. Mary and Martha lived there. But they were at Simon the leper's house for this great feast. I believe that the one that comes in there is this Mary. I believe that she comes in, and this memorial of her, it's in the Gospel of Matthew, it's in the Gospel of Mark, it's in the Gospel of John. In John, it identifies her as Mary. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, not Mary Magdalene. Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, is coming in. And she breaks the box and pours it on the head of Jesus. If Lazarus is there, I wonder, I don't know this, I really don't know this. Uh, maybe it's just my mind works that way sometimes, but I wonder. That thing is very expensive. I died and she didn't do that for me. He's alive. She did that to me, for, wouldn't do that for me, but she puts it on a living person. Well, I don't really think that Lazarus said that. I think he was glad to be alive and to be able to see the Savior. But she broke the box and poured it on his head. 
And verse 4 says, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? Now, does that sound righteous? Why was this ointment of the uh, waste of the ointment made? First C, I have a hard time respecting what those men say because uh, they're not too brave. They fled when the soldiers came for Jesus Christ. They fled. They aren't brave until it's a lady. There's no soldiers there. It's a lady. Now they're really brave. They're really bold. They're going to do something. You see, so many men have fear of people that are of power, that are of a great authority, that have great position. They have a greater fear of them than they do of God. They have convictions, they think, of righteousness that they stand for. And yet, in the sight of those people like that, sometimes those convictions are abandoned in fear of men than it is in the fear of God. Obviously, they fear man more than they fear God. Now, I'm glad we had American forefathers who stood on biblical principles of the Old Testament and the New Testament. They stood on those things in order to establish this great land. They did that. And look, I have yet to read in all the historical writings I've been able to read, the history lessons I've had, the classes I've set in on history, where those men, back in the 1700s and 1800s when they were fighting the war, the Revolutionary War, I don't see one of them saying, oh boy, if we can win this war, our sons and daughters can be homosexuals. We can just really make our sons and daughters, our grandchildren will be transvestites. Isn't that great? We've got to win this war. No, that wasn't a bit of it at all. That comes in from Marxism, those things that want to destroy a nation. That doesn't come from God. And you've got to decide whose side you're on. You say you're a Christian, but saying you're a Christian, actually being like a Christian means Christ-like, is two different things. Verse 5 says, For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. Isn't it interesting in Jude 16? One of those people that prayed as if they're Christians and aren't not those, those people that creep in unawares and turn to God's grace into lasciviousness. Oh, we've got freedom to do that. We've got grace to do that. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, now we've got liberty to do all those things. So they murmur against somebody like that, and Jude 16 labels them as murmurers. 
and that's not a good thing. That is a loss of reward thing if they are saved. You see, this 300 pence was close. I don't believe it was actually that, but it was close to one year's salary in that day. That's expensive perfume. I mean, it, I'd be afraid to put the stuff on. And, and this lady, by faith, is going in there to anoint his body for the preparing of his death, burial, and resurrection. We find in reading John's gospel on this that Judas Iscariot is the guy that first speaks up, and boy, the others just jump right on the bandwagon with Judas Iscariot. The Bible tells us in John that he bears what's in the bag. That means he had his fingers in the till. And it probably was worth 300 pence. He was looking at how much that would go into his pocket. Maybe that's why he went out and sold the Savior for 30 pieces of silver right after that. He walks out of this thing that's happening and goes and sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. The, the perfume was worth more than that. But he bears what is in the bag. Those men speak against this lady. I mean, they're speaking against this lady. And after one of the men there, Judas, has spoken up and has spouted off about it to others, they jump right on the bandwagon. It doesn't matter to Judas that they, she did it for Jesus. It's, it might have been given to the poor. Judas not going to give it to the poor. Jesus said, well, the poor you have with you always. You always have them. And so, what does they do? He gets there. He speaks against this lady. And he's upset about everything. He's spouting off about it. And, and then next we see that he won't stand for what's right. But these other men don't stand up. And that becomes the question in this day. Sometimes it's in the church. Now let me give you an example of something. This is a modern day. I, I shared this with the Sunday school class today that I was teaching. But uh, uh, President Trump, I, I, I like the idea of let's have our own oil, our own gas. Let's bring the prices back. I like that. I like the idea of, of uh, the, the Supreme Court, the ones he put on there that defeated this Roe versus Wade, so you can't continue to take our tax dollars and pay for infanticide, the genocide of babies, like Herod tried to do to Jesus, like the Herod in the Pharaoh in Egypt tried to, uh, did do to many of the uh, babies being born. So, 
I, I like that. And, and if I commend President Trump for that from this pulpit, there are people that are opposite of that. They don't walk out. They'll come back later. They'll, they'll just say, once they do get out, I'll never go back in that place again. I'll never do that. But the people that would favor that would vote for the president, would vote for uh, Mr. Trump. If I say, you know, I am so glad that he made those decisions, but I would like to have the bar of soap and go wash his mouth out. Because there's filthy words that come out of his mouth so often. I'd just like to wash his mouth out with soap, and I really would. I mean, he says, the Lord it wasn't me, it was the Lord that did that about this Roe versus Wade thing. I, I like that he said that. But then all that cussing and filthy language he uses, I don't like it. Now, there's some people ready to leave because I said something against President Trump. You would have been just as mad then at John the Baptist when he said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. Why do you think that righteousness is wrong? You've got to learn to stand up for Jesus. You've got to pray for President You know what? You've got to pray for uh, President Trump that he get that over those things. But you've got to pray for President uh, Biden to get saved. He needs to get saved. You need to pray for a guy like that. But now, you see, these people, they feel like they need to support. They need the support of others. When they spout off, they've got to get others involved. You, you know, I've, I've, that's happened in churches all across this country that one time stood strong. Somebody say something about whether it's the preacher, or the standards, or something else. Then someone, they start to speak back about it, then they start talking to others. See, they talk more as they got more to talking. Stand against. And some Christians were afraid to stand against what is wrong and stand up for what is right because those are well-liked people. Those are popular people. Oh, they could, they could do damage to what people think of me. You better be concerned most of what God thinks. Reward in eternity stands upon what does God think. Look, if you're under fire, is God giving you an opportunity to stand in full faith, trusting Him as these ladies did? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. Why is our faith so weak that we cannot Stand up for Jesus Christ. Instead, we fear man more than we dare do God. We fear what we might lose instead of trusting what we might gain in Christ Jesus. You see, others should not determine your faith. Your faith should be, be determined by the Word of God, living by it day by day. If you know something is right, you know that it's scripturally right, but you know by the word of God in faith, you know it, you trust it, 
have the personal fortitude to stand on those truths. Now, there are people today, even so-called Christian colleges, talk about, well, it's not really wrong to social drink. Well, you know, it's, those standards are old-fashioned. I, I'm sharing that with the class, I think, today as well. Uh, and, and guess what? I'm going to score points here. I told them that your mother made the best blackberry cobbler ever. <clears throat> Don't laugh. I need those points. Um, but, and, and she did. I mean, she'd send us up the side of the mountain there when we went up there to visit on the farm. We'd go up the side of that mountain, pick, up, pick out those blackberries. I'd get stuck, but it didn't matter. I knew what was coming with it. It didn't matter if I got stuck because I knew what was coming. And the best was yet to come. And boy, I tell you what, I, I've had several people make blackberry cobbler, and it's really good. But nobody's matched her yet. I mean, it was super good. Okay. <clears throat> and when I get to heaven, she'll forgive me of all those other things I said about her. Uh, but no, my mother-in-law would do that. She, she'd, man, that was the thing, is get those things down there to her, and boy, she made a cobbler. Oh, was it good. You see, the thing that drove us up the side of the mountain to get stuck, to wonder, is that a bee or a fly? To wonder that even though it's on the side of the mountain, there were cows on the side of the mountain. So as you're picking, you're watching where you step. And you don't want to walk down the side of that mountain and slide. Uh, but I'm saying all that to say this. The reward was worth it. Stay true to the Lord. The reward is worth it. The question to ask ourselves is, what would have I done in the same situation as these apostles were in? See, we need men of faith as those men that were in the book of Acts. Stephen preaching, and they will stone and kill him. Later, John and Peter. Peter, I mean, John at least stood at the feet of Jesus at the cross. Peter took off, but they are now before Though that same group of wicked, evil priests that consented to the death of Christ, that had told them, don't you ever preach again in that name, the name of Jesus in this place. And they said, whether we should obey God or you, you decide we're going to obey God. And that's the attitude you have to have as a Christian. But you know what? You can't obey God if He's not your Savior. Do you know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that if you died today, that heaven's your home? Well, I hope I am. Well, if that's what you're trusting on, your hope is no good. What do you mean? You've got to admit, I'm a sinner and I do deserve to go to hell. For the wages of sin is death, that is final, complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. 
every one of us have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As a matter of fact, that's written in a tense in the Greek that has the idea that we continually come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus Christ. You know what? You're not measured with me and I'm not measured with you. You want to know who we're measured by? It's Jesus Christ. You think you're equal to Him? No, none of us are. That's why we need a Savior. That's why He died for our sin. He paid our penalty. He did that in love. He despised the shame of the cross. But for the joy set before Him of saving your soul and be able to have you in eternity with Him, He did that. What are you doing for Christ? Men, do you have a faith that can at least match those ladies? I'm not asking you to give me an answer. I'm asking you to give God an answer. Maybe it's time to do some work of getting some things right with God and take a stand. It may be on the job. It may be in the neighborhood. There are things that you won't say. There are things that you won't do. There's stands that you won't take because you're afraid of what the others will think. There's even with your own family, you won't take a stand on this or stand on that because your own family will get upset with it. Let's quit upsetting God and let the family get upset. Let the people that we work with get upset. Let's quit uh, worrying about what people think and let's begin to fear God, love God, and stand up for Jesus. But first get saved. If you're not saved, first get saved. Let's bow our heads, please.